0: Welcome to episode 4 of Tailoring Tech and Talk with me Roberto Rivilla. I'm a bespoke tailor, menswear designer and owner of Roberto Rivilla London suit and shirt makers. This week it's a tech focused episode for you as I'm joined by my good friend Rick Patel to discuss all things Apple, including our experiences with the iPhone 12, AirPods Pro and Max, Apple Fitness Plus and a review of the current iPad lineup. Enjoy It's our first tech-focused episode of Tailoring Tech and Talk, and I am delighted to be joined by Rick Patel, Senior Manager of Global Digital Services at Coty. Rick, how are you? Hey, Bobby. I'm good, thanks, my friend. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. It's the weekend. Uh, I really appreciate you giving up some time this morning to have a chat with me. How's uh, How's the last week been for you? I know the kids went back to school.
1: A relief for me, personally, so they're back at school, so i can concentrate on work. And to be honest, the entire week has been extremely busy, but I've been looking forward to today.
0: Brilliant. So I'm just going to tell our listeners what your company does. Coty are a global beauty company, so that's fragrances, skincare and cosmetics. They have a portfolio of top luxury brands including Alexander McQueen, Burberry, Calvin Klein, Chloe, Davidoff, Gucci, Hugo Boss and Kylie Jenner to name just a few. But we're not here to talk about any of that. Today, Rick and I are going to get into a few Apple-related things. Apple have been the inextricable link between Rick and I since the day that we first met, which was Friday the 25th of March, 2011, so nearly 10 years ago. The iPad 2 was being launched that day. Just out of curiosity, I drove past Brent Cross Shopping Centre just to see if people were queuing up, and somehow I ended up there for nearly eight hours or so. As chance would have it, Rick was the person directly in front of me in the queue. Thinking back to that day ten years ago, what are your memories? Wow,
1: ten years, Bobby.
0: Um,
1: you know that's uh, it's gone extremely fast, but it, it was it was a great day actually. To be honest with you, because I didn't queue up for the first generation iPad, and the second was a, as it a, was a redesign. What time did we meet? About nine o'clock, maybe nine thirty in the morning, because I think the launch was about twelve twelve o'clock.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I was probably in the queue for about an hour or so. I, so I parked up, I went into Brent Cross, and I went up to the first floor where the original Apple store was. And I just wanted to have a look. I was just curious just to see if all these Apple nut jobs were queuing up. I don't know. There was probably about 150, 200 people. Yeah. So I spoke to some of the staff who I know some of them anyway. And then I joined the queue. And I think you and I got talking within a few minutes after an hour, hour and a half had passed, I just was like, Okay, well I'm just gonna stay here now and that was that. Yeah,
1: so my my plan was to was to stay queue up and 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 buy the device. It was quite interesting when we met because um Bobby the the way you are, you're always smart and just getting to know each other and, and, and and, you know, I think it was approaching nearly midday. Um, we well, pr- probably a bit peckish by then. And you saved my space in the queue and I went down to get us both a spoke of coffee.
0: By late morning, you know, when you're starting to flag, they very cleverly then came to our end of the queue to ask us, what device do you want? What color do you want? What storage capacity do you want? Yeah. And then they wrote it down. So you suddenly felt like, okay, I'm on the list now, so I better not go. Yeah. It was fate, right? It was the stars aligning. Uh, you and I just hit it off straight away. We've been really close friends ever since. You know, I adore your wife Hema Both your daughters were born during the course of our friendship. Yeah. And they're like nieces to me. I I love your daughter so much. It's uh, it's one of the things that I'll always be grateful to Apple for. I mean I I still yeah, can't yeah. believe looking back that I was stood in that queue for about eight hours or so. But if anything, forget about being there for the iPad at the time. The big thing that I got out of that day was our friendship and I'll forever totally be grateful for that. Which uh, sort of begs the question as to why we're such big Apple fans. For me, it's always been the design, the innovation, the way that the products just work seamlessly together. What is it for you that makes you so fiercely loyal to the brand?
1: So, you know, um, a lot of people criticize you or say you were just a fanboy and, you know, you buy it because it looks good. But for me personally, it's just the experience, the end-to-end experience across their ecosystem on how all their devices work and integrate is, is just seamless. It's fantastic. Simple things from iMessaging or FaceTime or lifting one device with Safari and a web browser open and then picking up your MacBook after and, and you can pick up where you left off. It's fantastic. The, the products feel premium. They feel quality. Um having all the family using um Apple devices is great as well, especially especially with my wife and and you know, my mum, my brothers, everyone you connect to five fine friends, so you know where everyone are, so you know if they're safe and where they're located. It just really works. And I think for me personally, when people criticize Apple and say they're extremely expensive and they question how much you spend on their products. But I think sometimes you look at it in a grand scheme of things, it's actually value for money for me. The way we work in your business and, and everyone being digital savvy, spending a lot of time on their devices. And when you get that experience to work seamlessly, you know, even with their products and services such as iCloud, where you can share all your, you know, your photos and your files and all that, it just, it just works so well. And obviously there's flaws. We'll talk about that at some point. But for me, it's it's more of the experience than, than anything else. It just, it just works so well.
0: I think the other thing as well for me, at various points in our decade of friendship, I've frustrated the hell out of you, no end, because every, what do you reckon, roughly every 18 months, I have this blip where I'll go and get distracted by some new Android device, whether it's a Samsung, I think the most recent one was the OnePlus 7 Pro, or actually it might have been the Samsung Galaxy 9, I can't remember, I'll just kind of try and break out of the Apple ecosystem and experiment with an Android phone, all hell breaks loose, So I'll go through the first two weeks of, I'm so glad I did it, this thing's amazing, I don't miss the iPhone. And then after about two, three weeks, I'm like selling the thing and I'm buying an iPhone again, which annoys the hell out of you, I know. And you always try and stop me from doing it and I do it anyway and then you try and pull me back and then I come back and then everything's nice and calm for 12 to 18 months and then I go and do it again.
1: And if, and if you do, we'll have the same conversation again.
0: So, you know. History just keeps repeating itself. <laughs> but for me, the, yeah. the biggest thing out of, you know, years of chopping and changing every so often, the one thing that stands out for me with Apple is the customer service. Because you don't get that level or type of service with any other brand that's the thing that keeps me loyal to them. I mean, our whole business runs on a Mac platform, iPads, MacBooks, iMacs, and so on. And so when we have any point of failure in the system, which, by the way, rarely happens, which is the other great thing, um, but when it does happen, the support we get from our team Uh, our business team is absolutely phenomenal and that's what keeps me going back to them and keeps me loyal to them you know much the same way as our own business uh, our tailoring business that's why the majority of our customers keep coming back to us it's the customer service above everything else so as long as Apple continue to maintain those high levels they've got a customer for life out of me and I'm sure it's the same for millions of other people out there as well.
1: Yeah, and you know, and I should touch base on that as well, actually. That's a that's a really, really good point, actually. The the customer experience and the way they built in Genius Bar and the way you can have the, the sort of face-to-face interaction. It's just really well um delivered by Apple. Um, you know, if, even from faulty devices, you know, that you that you may experience, even if it's past his warranty period, you still get that sort of attention to detail on on re- resolving the problem. majority of the time they'll try and fix it um, without the charge if it's if it's passes warranty but if you can't you still get that attention to detail and that love and care and and you're completely right that customer service you know is fantastic you can't beat it
0: we've both got the iPhone 12 Pro the 6.1 inch screen yeah which was released at the end of October so we've both been living with the phone for about four months now I've got quite a few friends and customers who are due for upgrades this spring. So they've been asking about my experience with the phone. Obviously, one of the other considerations is whether you go for the regular iPhone or you go for the Pro or the Pro Max. So I just want to discuss some of our experiences with the phone after four months to maybe try and help people with any decision making they, m- they might be faced with over the next couple of months as they look to upgrade and change phones and so on. Starting off with the design, first of all, I absolutely love the new form factor well i mean it's not really new it kind of feels a bit more like the old iphone 5 iphone 4 you know so that's very flat slab like feel to it it's thinner than last year's iphone 11 pro but somehow because of the way that they've machined it it feels slightly bigger and a little bit more substantial yeah. how have you been getting on with it because i know you have the max before and you didn't really get on with the size of that so you were i think you've been quite happy to go down to a slightly smaller phone
1: Touching base on the 11 Pro Max first, you know I found that pretty large having that for the year, and I know we t- talked about not upgrading uh, last year. But the, the the 12 Pro, in terms of the size, it's the it's the perfect size for me. I think this is the size that I would always want for a smartphone. As you mentioned, the flat design, you know the flat screen, it's absolutely perfect. You know, everyone talks about refresh rate on 120 hertz. You know, all the Samsung phones have this now, all the new phones. And the iPhone is still 60 hertz but if you look at it from a an experience perspective it's still responsive it's still fast still works pretty well in in daylight the night mode new technology around the camera with LiDAR which we'll discuss as well it's, it's just it's fantastic but in terms of the design it feels more natural to hold now the curve design of 11 was a bit slippery I think but uh, you know me Bobby I just prefer using this phone without a case it just feels so natural to hold and it, it just feel, it feels more premium.
0: The design and the feel of this handset demand and the look of it as well demands that it's not used with a case, but then at the same time, it just feels so gorgeous. Yeah. I would just be mad if I dropped it. I've got Apple Care Plus on this thing that I'm paying monthly for. I'm on the subscription version of Apple Care Plus. so it doesn't matter if I drop it. But I would just be mad with myself if I did. So I'm glad to say after four months, there's not a chip scratch or dent in my phone. I've managed to not have any accidents with it. But I am using a case. I'm using one of the new MagSafe compatible silicon cases that Apple have produced. And they're, for me, they're the best cases that Apple have produced to date for any of their phones because they don't really add much bulk to the phone itself. The only problem that I find with them is that the silicon it's got quite a lot of friction to it. So when I'm trying to get it in and out of a pocket very quickly, that can be a little bit of a niggle. But yeah, I am using a case with mine because I'm just so petrified of dropping it and smashing the thing to pieces. Although the new glass that they're using on the screen is meant to be four times tougher than what they were using before. But I really, really do not want to put that to the test.
1: Yeah. Are you, are you glad you didn't get the uh, Pro Max then?
0: I am because um, I've not really noticed a difference in screen size. I th- My one worry was having had a Max phone for such a long time now since the, I think it was the iPhone 6 that was where they first brought out a much bigger screen. I thought dropping down to a 6.2 from a 6.5 was, or 6.1 rather, from a 6.5 was going to be a big difference but I've not really noticed it and even when our head tailor's son uh, George he went for the Max, and we put the phone side by side and it wasn't a big enough difference for me to have any regrets over not having had the Max. The only thing that I really hate about this phone is the battery life because I know it's not been such a problem for you but for me I barely get through two thirds of the day before I need to stick it on a charger. Um, The battery in this phone is two and a half thousand milliamp hours or thereabouts compared to I think it's four and a half thousand on the Pro Max. Uh, And in last year's Pro Max it was the same. It was the it was around about a four and a half thousand milliamp hour battery and that would easily get you through a day, no problem at all, even with heavy use. Whereas on this thing, it's very rare that I will get through a full day without having to charge the phone or top it up at some point. And that's the only point of frustration for me. But then when you think I've got plenty of chargers lying around the house, if I'm working at my desk in the afternoon, I just, I don't even think about it. I just plug it into a lightning cable that tends to be hanging off there. And then I've got the MagSafe charger in the bedroom. And then I've got a wireless charger in my car. So whenever I pop it down in the car, it, it gets a bit of a top up anyway. So in the grand scheme of things, I guess it's not a problem, but where I would be worried is when I start traveling again and I'm sat on a plane for a few hours and, and then I get the other end and then I don't have time to really plug, plug the thing in, I'd be quite worried about how I'm going to get through a full day. So I think for anyone who's, who's quite busy uh, running around all the time, uh, especially when we start getting back to normal and people are traveling again, I'd probably recommend that they go for the max if battery life is important to them. How have you been getting on with it?
1: Yeah, it's the battery life, as, as you mentioned. There's not been really much of an issue. We've been working for homes for nearly nearly a year now. We've had this phone for, what, four or five months. Just to touch base on the 11 Pro Max, that battery was was sound was amazing. Um, as you mentioned, you can get way over a day with usage. But the Pro, by the time, end of the day, 10, 11 o'clock in the evening, is probably in about 20 to 30%. Really is not ideal because when I do start travelling back into the city, then I'll probably be in a bit of a situation with you where where I'll need to charge it throughout the day at some point. The the one critical thing about the phone for me this time round, and I'm with you, is definitely the battery. They've sacrificed the battery in order to put other chips in there, 5G and whatnot. So it's a shame, but hopefully, you know, later this year they they may may address that with a bigger battery and and, and optimize the software as they usually do.
0: Yeah, or we'll just have to go back to a bigger phone. The 5G aspect of it, I'm not really going to spend any time discussing that with you because it's pretty much a waste of time. I wouldn't be buying any phone for 5G right now. Where we live up in North London, there is actually a 5G cell tower nearby. And I did experiment with that. I think it was last year. Did I have a Samsung (laughs) S10 Note? I had the Note. I had the Note 10. I remember now. Yeah, I had the Note 10. Yeah. 5G, if you can get a 5G signal, is amazing. I downloaded a film in a matter of seconds. It was ridiculous. I, yeah, I was sat difficult. in M&S's car park waiting for Carolina, and I just thought, hey, let's, let's see what this 5G thing is all about. And I was just blown away by the speed. But since then, I mean, even in town, when I have been at the workroom... You don't get a 5G signal down there. And in any case, I wouldn't really want to activate it on this phone because it then starts to chew the battery life even more. So I I wouldn't be buying any phone because of 5G. And it's a bit tiring that Apple and other smartphone makers like Samsung are touting 5G so much. I mean, look, we know it's coming. We know it's going to be the standard at some point. But it's still early days. If you're buying a phone and you would have no intention of upgrading it for three to five years... Go for the latest iPhone, go for the latest Samsung S21 Ultra or whatever it's called. But if you're buying a phone with the intention of upgrading it more frequently, so in 12 months or so, then 5G really shouldn't be the main reason for getting it. It shouldn't be the headline feature that you're looking for. Although now, having said all of that, most new phones that are being released have got a 5G chip in them. The camera, not a huge step up from last year's phone. It doesn't really seem to be that much different from the eleven Pro Max. Have you found the camera? I know that's always been very important to you as a feature.
1: Yeah, no, I think I'm with you actually. I don't think it's 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 a significant difference to last year. You'll probably notice the sharpness of the quality when the picture is rendered is is slightly better and slightly improved compared to last year. I think with um LIDAR and obviously night mode pictures, they're way better um and they've significantly improved. But I, I think I think that's that's the one thing that Apple like doing is is slightly improve features of the of the camera, rather than drastically change it. They would just slightly improve it and tweak it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's similar to last year. I think there is a slight difference in terms of quality, um, in terms of the process as well. And obviously, they've got Pro Raw. They've now introduced Pro Raw. But I don't really do much photo editing. I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't really have the time for that and I'm not really into that. Quick photos with the family when you're out and about and, and some videos. I'm not challenging other providers, but I still think it's, it's one of the best cameras out there, especially for um, videos. Uh, the 4K videos at 60 frames per second is, is absolutely fantastic, especially when you when you then view it on your TV. It's, 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 it's amazing. It's, it's really, really good quality.
0: Just going back to the camera, night mode is definitely much better this year than it was last year some of the photos that you can take in low-level light are absolutely amazing, and that, that's due yeah. to the wider the wider lens um, and the LiDAR sensor as well. But some people wondering what LiDAR is. Um, it stands for Light Detection and Ranging, and it's a technology that's been around for a while. So uh, in the same way that those of you have phones that might use Face ID technology. Uh, what it what that does is it pings a bunch of lasers out at you, which sounds quite scary when you say it out loud, to map your face, and that's how it then recognises you and unlocks your phone. That's the way that LiDAR work. It uses lasers to just ping off objects, and then the lasers return to the source. Um, and what they're doing is they're measuring distance by the timing of how long they take to reach an object and get back. And where that technology is going to be really useful in future is going to be 3D mapping. So, for example, I mean, you can do it now. You can 3D map your living room and then you can take a wallpaper sample and see how it's going to look. Or uh, if you're looking for a piece of furniture, you can, again, you can 3D map your your living room or your bedroom and then you can place objects within it to see how they're going to look. I've played around with that technology a little bit. It doesn't work incredibly well. There's also the measurement feature as well, which we've been using whilst we've been building the house just to get a rough estimation. But no way would I rely on on it at all because it's not 100% accurate. Um, So LiDAR, like 5G, it's one of those features for the future. But I I don't even think Apple have really worked out what to do with it just yet. So it remains to be seen. Again, if you're buying this phone with a view to keeping it for three, four years, then great. You've got this future of exciting technology there that might become handy at some point but for now it's it's just not um i I don't think the lidar sensor really helps with daytime photography at all but it is definitely helping with that night mode you're right on the video recording the video recording is amazing because you can shoot using dolby vision uh, which is a form of hdr but when you play those videos back you play them on the iphone They look absolutely amazing. As soon as you send that video to someone else or you try to export it off or upload it to Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, it drops the quality back to SDR. So the difference between HDR and SDR, Dolby Vision HDR gives you up to around 700 million colors and SDR is 16 million colors. Now to regular users, that's not going to make much difference, but as an example, filmed an AirPods Pro Max uh, unboxing video last month and I never released it. When I look back at the video footage on my iPhone, which is what I shot it with, uh, so I shot it with a combination of the 11 Pro and the 12 Pro. My wife has the 11 Pro, so I shot from two different angles and the the footage is amazing. It's crystal clear, the colors pop, everything looks crisp and it it just looks great. Really professional. As soon as I exported it out, it just looked grainy in comparison and there was a lot of noise and I couldn't understand why. And it was when I did my research that I realized the HDR feature is great. If you're filming with a view to viewing back on the iPhone itself, you don't lose anything. But as soon as you send that video off the iPhone to somewhere else, it drops the resolution down. So it's one of those paradoxes, right? The iPhone screen does look gorgeous when you're watching HDR content, but it's like, well, what's the point? Because the whole point of shooting in glorious 4K with those that many colors available is to view it back on the biggest screen that you can, and um, you yeah. can't really take full advantage of that. So I, I don't know if other manufacturers will start to tune their devices, whether they're all going to sort of change their technology to take advantage of this. But at the moment, it's uh, basically shoot it on your iPhone, enjoy, enjoy it at its best on your iPhone feature. And that's slightly disappointing. Video between the 11 Pro and the 12 Pro, there's hardly any difference. It's not a reason to upgrade your phone. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Totally agree. MagSafe. So it was a feature that when I got my phone, I bought the MagSafe charger with it straight away. And I just fell in love with it. I told you about it you were really skeptical but you eventually gave in and you bought a magsafe charger as well how did you get on with it
1: you know people say it's gimmicky and all this sort of stuff It's it's, it's fantastic it just works so well clicks onto the device extremely well you know you talk about magsafe and a lot of people will be critical saying it's only 15 watt max per charge but um, it's better for your battery life. Um, and it's more efficient as well in terms of charging the device, so you get longer optimization with your battery uh, as as it ages. But in terms of that, the actual product and how it clicks onto the device, it's fantastic. So thanks for recommending that because I was I was skeptical about it at first, and I think I ordered it what two or three weeks after you originally had it. And likewise, I have it in my room, and that's the way I charge my phone in the evenings. And it's absolutely brilliant. I think it's I think it's got. A great potential for the future, because if they do go with a portless feature for the phone, MagSafe is pretty cool. A lot of manufacturers are now building a lot of accessories for MagSafe as well for for the cars in home. It's got great potential. Did you buy yourself a wallet, Bobby, by the
0: way? I didn't in the end. I changed my mind because I saw a review showing the wallet not really fastening that much. And what I really don't want to do is end up putting the phone in my back pocket, which is what I do all the time. Uh, and then I inadvertently managed to lose the Magsafe wallet. yeah, I still want one. I'm still so tempted by it, but it's not something that I really need. I've got all of my cards assigned to apple pay on or Apple Wallet on my phone. I can't remember the last time I left the house with my wallet. Not needing my physical credit cards these days has meant that it's not really been on my, my priority list. The main and biggest advantage I found with MagSafe, so like you, I've got the MagSafe adapter. It's in my bedroom on the bedside cabinet. And basically what I love about it is when lights go out and it's time to charge my phone, I just hover my phone over the MagSafe puck and it just clings onto it. I don't have to do the Cirque du Soleil thing where I'm twisting around, trying to find where the lightning cable is, and then in the dark, I'm trying to plug it into the lightning adapter on my phone but i keep missing it and then i end up with a bunch of scratches and dents around the lightning port on my phone the magsafe adapter just takes all of that hassle away just float it over it clings to the phone starts charging a nice little indicator comes up on the screen to tell you that it's charging and you get that really lovely sound i know my phone is trickle charging through the night and when i wake up in the morning i just literally pick it up and i run off i'm also excited to see what they're going to do with Uh, other MagSafe accessories in the future but I think it's a brilliant addition to the technical features of these phones I'd really love to see them introduce it on other devices like the iPad. Funnily enough a little tip, if you've got AirPods uh, with a wireless charging case, you can use the MagSafe puck for the iPhone to charge your AirPods so it's multifunction Yeah,
1: it's fantastic, yeah I, I use it to charge my AirPods now and then as well, it's pretty good
0: Speaking of AirPods, the third generation AirPods are rumoured and they've been leaked photos. All the leaked photos show them looking exactly the same as the AirPods Pro. I'm not really bothered talking about the regular AirPods because I don't like them. I much prefer the AirPods Pro, especially when you're using in-ear phones for... Taking train journeys and commuting and so on. The difficulty I always found with the original AirPods is that I just couldn't hear anything. And I listened to a lot of podcasts and spoken word stuff. And if you're on a tube, they were just completely useless. You just could not hear anything through them at all. Whereas the AirPods Pro with noise cancellation eliminate that problem altogether. So, you know, regular AirPods, I don't really care.
1: No, I don't. I'm with you. I don't care about the regular AirPods because we both purchased them. Um, they've never stayed in our ear. Then we've had to buy third-party products to the the in-ear buds, so they stay in our ear. And you know, then there's an additional accessory that you have to carry, and it just never worked. The AirPods Pro, um, when they were released, I think they were released in 2019, right, October 2019. So it's the second it year a couple now. Of
0: years, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They've been they've been a lifesaver, especially noise cancellation when traveling the tube. Um, but just day to day at home, actually on calls all, all day, every day through Microsoft Teams, is fantastic. Battery life, you know, we could we could always talk about battery life. You know, you only get three straight four hours. But within 10 minutes, you get, you know, you get at least another uh, an hour's worth of juice. But I use them Monday to Friday all day, charge them throughout the night. And they're ready to go first thing in the morning in the case. And I've had to charge the case throughout the daytime. Then I'll charge it and i will plug in the AirPods in in between. Uh, they're comfortable. They're light. It doesn't even feel like they're in your ear, to be honest with you. And again, this it's part of the experience. It's, it's, it's seamless. It's, it's very... It's very simple to set up, very simple to use. Facial audio now as well through movies and music is is fantastic as well. So it's a great experience.
0: I like my AirPods Pro. The problem that I have with them is that they just keep falling out of my ears. They're better than any other version of AirPods before them. I look at people weirdly when, I, when I'm out and about and I see people wearing AirPods and I'm wondering how some of them are even running in them. And basically you have this thing kind of at the front of the ear just before your cheekbone called the tragus and people that have that seem to be able to hook the AirPods in and they just don't fall out no matter what they're doing with me I don't have that even my AirPods Pro even using memory foam tips the damn things just keep falling out of my ears so I got the AirPods Max in January And I tend to use those more than my AirPods. And also they just save the pain that you get on the inner ear from using the AirPods day after day on continuous calls as well.
1: So I can see you wearing your Pro Max, Bobby. How are you finding them?
0: I love them so much. We've got two pairs in the household now. Uh, I've got them in Space Gray for myself and I've got them in Silver for Carolina. And she's someone who hates using over-ear headphones. But even she's admitted that the sound quality in them is phenomenal and she started using them for, uh, phone calls and also, uh, sometimes when she has to listen to things for proofing and that sort of stuff. And, and she really likes them. I don't think she's going to use them every single day because she just doesn't like things on her head. But the fact that she does like them and she doesn't want me to send them back is, is a good sign. For me personally, I use them every single day. I've always struggled with over and on ear headphones. So I've had every category of, over ear headphones under the sun i've had the sony's i've had the beats all versions of i've had bang and had Ol- as well i remember them bows yeah the qc 352s <laughs> i've had the bang and Olufsen's. Yeah. i've had them all and ended up selling them within a week and the problem that i find with them is that they just get really hot and heavy on my ears and i just get a lot of ear pain uh, so i can never wear them for more than half an hour at a time But the AirPods Max, and if anyone wants to read more in depth, if you head over to my website, the links in the show notes, you'll be able to read my in-depth review on the AirPods Max. The fact that the ear cups are made of fabric, I think, really helps. So my ears don't get hot. They fit over my ears, so there's no pressure. The mesh headband distributes the weight really nicely. So they're actually quite a heavy headphone because they're made out of aluminium the headband, the way it distributes the weight on the top of the head, it it takes a lot of that pressure off. So they're super comfortable and I wear them for hours at a time. I've never had that with over-ear headphones before. We've been talking a lot about sustainability and not buying new things all the time on previous episodes. Eventually the ear cups are going to wear out, but because they're clipped on magnetically, you can just buy a new set of ear cups. The other thing that you can do now as well, you know, when you get your iPhone or your iPad, it comes with that little thing that you can take the SIM tray out with. There's a little hole. If you push the pin in, it actually detaches the aluminum ear cups altogether from the headband. So potentially you can replace the headband as well, which I think is such a cool feature. So it means that any problems that you have, the ear cups themselves, the fabric starts to go, replace them. Uh, If the headband starts to go or you damage it, replace it. Yeah, I could see myself having these for a very long time. I'm not interested in looking at other over-ear headphones now. These are just great. One thing
1: I just wanted to mention that's been heavily documented and criticised is is the bra or the purse, should we say, which is the case. What's your experience like with the case compared to other manufacturers where they have a, a proper case where you can securely protect your headphones?
0: Okay, the case, probably I had exactly the same expression when I got these out of the box and I, I first held the case in my hands because a lot of reviewers you see on YouTube, uh, they sort of look at the case and they almost toss it behind them. And I pretty much did the same thing. I was like, what the hell is this thing? And what the hell were Apple thinking? As I've lived with the device a lot more. So that the, the case is necessary because the AirPods Max do not have an off button they only go into a very low power standby mode. And to get them into that mode, you either have to leave your phones lying around for a while and after five minutes, they'll power down or you put them straight into the smart cover. So let's call it a smart cover. Let's not call it a case. So you put them into the smart cover and it puts them into standby mode. It protects the cups, not entirely. It probably protects them about 90%. And I would not be confident about putting my AirPods into a bag, But then at the same time, other headphones that have the traditional fully protective case, that case adds so much bulk to the headphone. Half the space in your bag is used up. So I can kind of see Apple's thinking, because if I was going to put these in a bag using the smart cover, they would just slot neatly into one... Compartment, But then at the same time, you're right, they don't offer that all-round protection. So I have bought a third-party case. It's Zozo Top, I think. And that's what I will probably use if I ever need to put these into a bag to travel with. But yeah, look, you know, the smart case at at the start, you're thinking, what what on earth were their designers thinking? But I've not really found it much of a relevance. Let's see, when we get out of lockdown and when we're able to start travelling again and when I can start flying backwards and forwards to places like Frankfurt and Madrid, um, maybe I'll tell you then how I'm finding it. But at the moment, I've not found it a massive issue. I still get confused every time I, I look at it as to what they were thinking. But it is what it is. The joy that i get out of the headphones themselves makes these kind of an irrelevance so you know the the headphones for me are so good and i've had so much value and joy out of them and so much use out of them i use them for phone calls all the time now so i almost don't really use my airpods pro much anymore obviously i lose, use them for listening to music yeah and then the other day i downloaded tenant tenant Tenet on my iPad. Uh, and I watched a few of the action scenes from that to test the spatial audio on these. It absolutely blew me away. It was absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah, overall, I've been so happy with them. The case is a side issue. They justify the price tag. Just, you know, just the fact that I don't need to think about other over-ear headphones, hopefully, ever again. And the battery life on them has been fine as well. I've I've never run out of power. You just connect them for five or ten minutes, and it gives you an extra couple of hours of use. But... Battery life, I've never really thought about because it's not been an issue. Not the same way that I think about the battery on the iPhone. So, yeah, yeah, they're great. And anyone listening that is empathizing with the problems that I've described with over-ears, I would give them a go for sure. Yes, they are expensive. They're a couple hundred pounds more than, say, a pair of Sony WXM4s. But if you have comfort issues with your headphones, these are definitely worth trying, especially if you are in the Apple ecosystem as well. Uh, I mentioned the iPad Pro earlier. I know you're in the market for a new iPad and there might be a new iPad Pro coming out. The iPad Air, the new version, was released last year. I know that you're not going to do the iPad just yet because you're probably going to hold on to, and see what's coming out. Where are you at with the iPads?
1: A, hey, it's time for an upgrade, I think, from Apple because the Pro Max, the Pro, sorry, I think you purchased it. I think it was released back in 2019, right?
0: There was one in 2018, and then the yeah. next version of it came out last year, which I don't have. I've still got the 2018 model.
1: So yeah, I think it's time for an upgrade. I th- it'll be interesting to see what they actually release from a product perspective. You know, as I think it goes back to what we discussed earlier. You know, they could even introduce something like MagSafe. You never know. In terms of the chip, you know, it's going to be incremented as always. It's going to be faster, more responsive. Even Face ID might slightly change uh, the Touch ID, like they have with the. Uh, air so it'd be actually pretty interesting to see what they release actually maybe some minor tweaks minor improvements i just can't see a fundamental change um, but for me personally it's it's time to upgrade I, I need a new ipad do i go for the air because that's a pretty decent um, spec it's pretty responsive pretty fast as well compared to the pro i think that's probably something that i need to assess in march when they announce it
0: i've already done the homework for you because i'm such a good friend <laughs> so the new one the rumors are that it will have a mini led display and for me unless it makes the display a little bit brighter it's like so what because the ProMotion display on the current ipad pro lineup is really really good they might introduce a 5g chip i've always had my ipads as you know with the lte chip in so that when i'm out and about if i can't hook into a wi-fi signal i can always get online and they might improve the camera but who cares about the camera on an iPad? I've never used mine. Sometimes you see tourists that are holding their iPads up to take photos and stuff, uh, and they just look stupid. So who cares about the camera on an iPad? But the iPad Air upgrade last year, I mean, they put a phenomenally fast processor in it. They removed all the bezels. They removed the home button. It's just such a ridiculously fast device. They have a 10-inch screen, which is ample. I did a price comparison for you between an iPad Air because I've had a few clients asking the same question. A few of them were going to go out and buy iPad Pros and I had to text from them saying, you know, what, what's your view? And I've recommended the iPad Air to everyone. So as a price comparison, you go for an iPad Air, 256 gig, because I think memory-wise that's a sweet spot, 512 is a bit ridiculous, Wi-Fi only get the magic keyboard an expensive accessory but it really really makes the ipad a feasible work device it's such a pleasure to type on that thing um and with the apple pencil too if you don't have one already and i've also added apple care on as well because i I just think it's important if you've got a device that's worth that much and you drop the thing you need to have it insured so you're looking at just a shade over 1200 pounds for that little lot or if you go for an iPad Pro, 11 inch, only an inch in extra screen real estate, not a big difference. Uh, same storage, 256 gig, Wi Fi only, Magic Keyboard, Apple Pencil with Apple Care, it's £200 more. And I personally don't think that it's worth paying an extra £200 for the Pro when the iPad Air has got the same sort of form factor. It's got the same accessory now available to it. It uses the Apple Pencil 2, but the processor on it is actually better than the current iPad Pro. If you wanted to save some money on the iPad Air, if you could find someone selling an iPad Pro from 2018, I would even consider getting one of those and save yourself even more money because the processor in the 2018 iPad Pro is still ridiculously fast. I'm using mine for video editing and obviously for editing this podcast as well. It's lightning quick. It's absolutely crazy. So, for someone like you, where most of the use is consuming content because you'll give it to the kids and they'll watch shows and do stuff on it, um, and then you'll read and browse the internet and that sort of thing, I don't think you really use your iPad as a work device because you've got your MacBook. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I would look at the iPad Air. I, I wouldn't bother with the iPad Pro, even if they bring a new iPad Pro out at the end of the month. The iPad Air for me is the best value power option in Apple's iPad lineup at the moment. We've both been relying heavily on our our Apple Watches this past year and more recently we both tried out Apple's new Fitness Plus app. Uh, You upgraded to the Watch 6 a few months ago. I've had a few customers asking if that device is worth upgrading to.
1: As you know, I was on a Watch 4 prior to that for a couple of years, so... So having the always on display is is a huge difference, and I know you used to mention it when you purchased the five. Yeah,
0: sorry, could you just repeat that again? Because when I upgraded to the Watch Five, you said there was no point of that always on display thing, and I was raving about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, you, you was right, you was right. Um, How I always, how I'm always right with you staying with and sticking around with Apple, but. um, The biggest thing for me in the Watch 6 is always-on. Um, everything else, pretty much the the design, the form factor, everything's pretty much the same. It all looks the same. Um, I think this is slightly thicker, maybe because of the new sensors, but the the always-on display makes a huge, huge difference. Um, so you don't have to keep raising your hand every five, ten minutes to check the time, or if you're doing a workout, you don't have to raise your hand. You can just quickly give it a, qu- a quick glimpse to the left or the right, depending on what hand you wear your watch. And to be honest, you know, I thought it might sacrifice some of the battery life and you still get a very, very strong day out of it. You know, by time, 10, 11 o'clock at night, my, my watch is on about 48%, which ain't too bad. And that's that's doing one or two workouts throughout the day. And as you know, I run a lot, so it's via GPS. But that's the big difference for me. The the always on display, regardless of all the other features and all the other tech they put into it. I'm not too fussed about the battery. I don't mind charging it every night. I have no issue with that. Feels like a proper watch now.
0: I mean, that was the thing for me. Like when you're in customer meetings, and invariably they tend to run over. It's very rude when you lift your hand up to. Yeah, exactly. It's really blatant. Um, our listeners can't see what you did there, but it was literally that raising the phone to your f- uh, the watch to your face to activate the display and check what the time is. Um, and that's yeah, yeah. very very rude when you're in a person to person meeting. But the always on display means that you can just have a really quick cheeky glance, and you know what the time is. Uh, My battery, uh, I've still got the Watch 5. I didn't bother upgrading to the Watch 6 because there's just no point. And again, anyone listening to this that has a Watch 5, stick with it. Wait to see what they're going to do with the 7. There is absolutely no point upgrading to the 6 at all. Um, My wife was still on a Watch 3, so I upgraded her to the Watch 6. It seems to charge a lot faster than the Watch 5. That on its own is not enough of a reason to upgrade. I think the displays, the always on displays a little bit brighter as well. And then it's got blood oxygen monitoring, which isn't an essential feature for me. I use the watch to tell the time primarily to see when my next meeting is at a glance. And uh, also to... Uh, as a fitness tracking is the primary thing so I use it when I go cycling now I I don't really use my bike computer anymore and obviously I'm now using Apple Fitness Plus as well which we'll get into in a minute if you've got an Apple Watch 4 or earlier and you're thinking about upgrading the Watch 6 is definitely a worthy upgrade but if you've got a Watch 5 stick with it for the time being and just wait until we see what they're going to do with a possible Watch 7 later on this year
1: I agree, but Fitness Plus though, Bobby.
0: Yeah, so you started using Fitness Plus just a little before I did, and I think you were doing some of the hit workouts on that. We should probably tell people what Apple Fitness Plus is, because not everybody knows.
1: Yeah, so Fitness Plus is a, is a new feature that they've built in into their software. You need to have an Apple Watch um, in order to use the service. It's built as part of their fitness app, and they've got how many instructors? Probably seven, eight, maybe ten based in LA um, and have exercise activities from yoga to core to strength, from treadmill, cross training, hit workouts, as you just mentioned. And every Monday, new content is released with new workouts from those fitness instructors. Um, and I remember when we discussed this, when they first announced this back in September last year, I think, I think we may have discussed this back in October, November on the phone. And I said, no, I've got no interest for it. You know, I, I'm a runner. I've got no interest to fit for Fitness Plus whatsoever. I actually use it. At least four to five times a week, predominantly in yoga, because it helps with my running and running and body stretches. I I can't explain how good it is. It's again, it goes back to the experience, the way, the way it's integrated from your watch to your phone, to your iPad, to your Apple TV. It's fantastic. You know, even from the indication of, of your, of your goals on the top right of the screen to the calories that you're burning and the number of minutes on that workout. It just works all seamlessly well. You don't you don't even have to raise your your hand on your watch to see how much how many t- how much time you're spending on this workout or how many calories you've burnt. It's all in the top left hand corner of your screen in real time. And there's various sessions: five minute mindful sessions as well, cool down. They've got ten minute hit sessions, you know, ten minute yoga sessions, even forty five minute ones that they stretch out to. So they've got so much variety for different levels of people. Um, and it doesn't matter what shape you're in, you can be accommodated to do those activities. And the way they've done it is pretty good uh, and it encourages a lot of people uh, to motivate themselves to start working out at, at home, especially a lot of people at home nowadays um, and just generally being active and being fit, closing their rings and uh, and feeling good about themselves. And uh, in from a health perspective and fitness perspective, they've smashed it and I can only see it getting better.
0: For anyone that's still sort of confused as to what this thing looks like, uh, everyone's probably heard of Peloton. So you have a video instructor that is basically putting you through your paces. Apple Fitness Plus works in the same way. So you go into the fitness app on your phone or your iPad, or if you have Apple TV, uh, you have a fitness app on there as well. And then it asks you to connect to your watch, and then you start the workout that you've selected. And as Rick says, basically you have... Anything from ten-minute HIIT workouts to half-hour HIIT workouts. Um, there's running, yoga, um, mindful cool downs. There's the dance classes as well. I did one of those the other week. The hip-hop workout.
1: Oh yeah, of I was absolutely
0: rubbish at it, but I was still surprised at how many calories I burnt in half an hour. It's been great for me, particularly the last few weeks where the weather's been really bad and I've not been able to get outside on the bike quickly throw my kit on push the coffee table to one side and fire up the apple tv and just go straight into a workout burn off 350 400 calories and you're done and it's a lot of fun as well it's just a much more enjoyable experience and you just can't wait to do the next one i i love it i recommend apple fitness plus to anyone that's got an apple watch and and is in that apple ecosystem
1: the benefit of it is you can just do it at your own time, your own leisure, whenever, you know, first thing in the morning or in between meetings, just before lunch, evenings, whenever. Just do, do your own leisure. You don't have to stress out by getting changed or going to the gym or wherever you need to go to do some do some exercise and be active. And um, one more thing to add as well, you've always got free instructors. So you've got the main lead um, and then you've always got a, a modification instructor as well. So if you can't do specific, exercise in that motion or in that way you can modify it um so you still get the benefits from it which it, which really helps as well so yeah I, i'll give it a good 10 out of 10 so bobby not long now uh, rumors are that 23rd of march i think it's a tuesday another apple event you know they had about four or five last year we've got another one this year
0: yeah, I've got, I've got no other plans that evening. No,
1: Niv, obviously our diary's booked out and I'm sure we'll be having a conversation that day during during the time of the event. We talked about potential release of an iPad Pro, maybe an iPad Mini, maybe a new iPhone. You know, I think I read on ninety five Max something like an SE3. I'm not sure what that's going to be, but I, don't, I think we'll be giving that a miss. Discuss the AirPods.
0: AirPods 3, yeah, we touched on that. Again, anyone asking me about AirPods, I would recommend if they want in-ears and they're in the Apple ecosystem, they've got an iPhone, get the AirPods Pro for sure. Don't bother with the regular AirPods, uh, especially when you start moving around again. The noise cancellation on the AirPods Pro is brilliant. At least you can hear what you're listening to, which is the whole point of having earphones in my opinion. Yeah. Apple TV, I think, is one product that is long overdue. I've got the Apple TV 4K, which I think is three or four years old now.
1: It must be 2018, I think, yeah. It's a few years. Which
0: is fine, so it does what I need it to. So I'm personally not too worried about Apple TV, but I don't think you're on the 4K. You're on the previous version.
1: Yeah, yeah that's correct, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm long overdue, an upgrade for the Apple TV, so i'm actually looking forward to seeing what they're actually going to release um it would be interesting actually because the 4k one is pretty decent as it is
0: yeah it's brilliant i mean, if you can i think i said this to you a few weeks ago if you can get your hands on one go for it it's fast it's responsive the picture quality outputs to my i've got a samsung curved hdr tv everything looks phenomenal and beautiful on it unless on the gaming side of things they were going to turn it into a nintendo switch type device in which case i would be i would potentially be interested uh, but for anyone that's got anything older, doesn't have an Apple TV 4K, I think it's definitely worth looking at. I mean, is the Apple yeah. TV, is it still relevant though? When you think that they've now made the Apple TV available as an app on Sony televisions and Samsungs, when you need to access your iTunes content, it's all there. You don't physically need an Apple TV Really, unless you want to enjoy Apple Fitness Plus content on a big screen, why is the Apple TV still relevant? It's a
1: good debate actually, because um, the next release on iOS, you'll be able to obviously airplay Fitness Plus onto your TV for that, the TV that's AirPlayed enabled. Why would you need a 4K? Ca- um, why would you need an Apple TV? Sorry, so it's a good question. But it'll be interesting to see if they do announce something or or they. Uh, looking at a longer-term strategy strategy to exit that as a product. But one thing that could be interesting, actually, Bobby, the Apple Silicon, as they're transitioning the Silicon to, to their hardware for the MacBooks. You never know, they might even announce a, a new MacBook with the new chip.
0: Apple Silicon, so for anyone listening that doesn't know, so Apple introduced a new range of MacBooks late last year in November, which used the M1 chip, which is an Apple-designed chip. So historically, they've always used Intel. And they're just starting to migrate away from using Intel processors in their MacBooks. And there are rumors that they are going to be developing versions of their own chip for the iPad and for possibly the new Apple TV as well. And these chips have been getting a lot of attention because the reviews have been fantastic for it. And one of my, uh, another close friend of mine, he got an M1 MacBook recently and he said he's been blown away by it. An M1 chip in an Apple TV I think for someone like you who's got the older version, which is slow, and it doesn't have 4K, I think you're going to be quite interested in what they have to announce on that front. Uh, But in any case, there is an Apple event coming this month. It is potentially the 23rd of March, which is a Tuesday. So uh, Rick and I will be back the day after to give you a bonus episode where we'll talk about what is actually announced And just give you the lowdown and all the information and our views and opinions on that. Right, Rick? Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. (laughs) I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, Thank you so much for joining me this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure. I look forward to uh, having you back in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, I hope you've had a good time this morning.
1: You know, the pleasure's all mine. I appreciate you uh, including me into your list. And uh, I'm looking forward to when we can physically meet again. It's been a long, long time, so bring on june the 21st well prior to that i'm sure we'll meet again so um so looking forward to that
0: yep me too brilliant thank you so much and i will see you very soon yeah catch up soon thanks so much for listening and i hope you enjoyed this week's show your support has been incredible so far we're still a new podcast so i need your help to continue getting the word out about us If you love the show, please subscribe and share us with your friends and family. And remember, I love to hear your questions, comments and ideas, so keep them coming. You can find me on Twitter at itsbobbyrevilla, on Instagram at tailoringtechtalkpod, and on the web at robertorevilla.london. To apply to be a guest on the show, just send me a DM on social media or email me via the website. I've got another amazing guest lined up next week where I'll be joined by the Doctor of Sound. That's as much as I'm going to tell you, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. See you soon.